Section 21 of The Reconciliation of Races and Religions by Thomas Kelly Chain. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater. Great Manifestation When I do not myself think that the interval of nineteen years for the Great Manifestation was meant by the Bab to be taken literally. The number 19 may be merely a conventional sacred number and have no historical significance. I am therefore not to be shaken by a reference to these words of the Bab, quoted in substance by Mirza Abul Fazl, that after nine years all good will come to his followers, or by the Mirza's comment that it was nine years after the bab's declaration that baha'u'llah gathered together the babis at baghdad and began to teach them and that at the end of the nineteenth year from the declaration of the bab baha'u'llah declared his mission another difficulty arises the bab does not always say the same thing there are passages of the persian bayan which imply an interval between his own theophany and the next, parallel to that which separated his own theophany from Muhammad's. He says, for instance, in Wahid 2, Bob 7, according to Professor Brown, quote, If he whom God shall manifest shall appear in the number of Riyath, one thousand five hundred and eleven and all shall enter in not one shall remain in the fire if he tarry until the number of mustaroth two thousand one all shall enter in not one shall remain in the fire End quote. footnote history of the bobbies edited by e g brown introduction page twenty six Traveller's Narrative, Brown, Introduction, page 17. End footnote. I quote next from Wahid 3, Bob 15. Quote, None knoweth the time of the manifestation, save God. Whenever it takes place, all must believe and must render thanks to God, although it is hoped of His grace that he will come ere the number of Mustaroth, and will raise up the word of God on his part. And the proof is only a sign or verse, and his very existence proves him, since all also is known by him, while he cannot be known by what is below him. Glorious is God above that which they ascribe to him elsewhere. 7. 9. We are told vaguely that the advent of the promised one will be sudden, like that of the point or bob. 4.10 It is an element of the great oriental myth of the winding up of the old cycle and the opening of a new. Minds of Isaiah re-explored. Index Myth End footnote A Baha'i scholar furnishes me with another passage. Quote, God knoweth in what age he will manifest him, but from the springing 
beginning of the manifestation to its head, perfection, are nineteen years. Footnote Bayan, Wahid 3, Chapter 3. End footnote. This implies a preparation period of nineteen years, and if we take this statement with a parallel one, we can, I think, have no doubt that the Bab expected the assumption, not immediate, however, of the reins of government by the promised one. The parallel statement is as follows, according to the same Baha'i scholar. Quote, God only knoweth his age, but the time of his proclamation after mine is the number Wahid, nineteen, Kabbalistically, and whenever he cometh during this period, accept him. End quote. Footnote Bayan, British Museum text, page 151. End footnote. Another passage may be quoted by the kindness of Mirza Ali Akbar. It shows that the Bab has doubts whether the great manifestation will occur in the lifetime of Baha'u'llah and Subhi Azal, one or other of whom is addressed by the Bab in this letter. The following words are an extract. Quote, and if God hath not manifested his greatness in thy days, then act in accordance with that which hath descended, that is, been revealed, and never change a word in the verses of God. This is the order of God in the sublime book. Ordain in accordance with that which hath descended, and never change the orders of God, that men may not make variations in God's religion. End quote. Non-finality of revelation Not less important than the question of the Bab's appointment of his successor is that of his own view of the finality or non-finality of his revelation. The Bayan does not leave this in uncertainty. The Qur'an of the Babis expressly states that a new manifestation takes place whenever there is a call for it. 2.9.6.13 Successive revelations are like the same sun arising day after day. 4.12.7.15.8.1 The Bab's believers, therefore, are not confined to a revelation constantly becoming less and less applicable to the spiritual wants of the present age. And very large discretionary powers are vested in him whom he will make manifest, extending even to the abrogation of the commands of the Bayan. 3.3. Early Christianity and Baha'ism and Buddhism. The comparisons sometimes drawn between the history of nascent Christianity and that of early Baha'ism are somewhat misleading. Ali Muhammad of Shiraz was more than a mere forerunner of the promised saviour. He was not merely John the Baptist. He was the Messiah, all-wise and almighty himself. True, he was of a humble mind, and recognised that what he might ordain would not necessarily be suitable for a less transitional age. But the same may be said, if our written records may be trusted, of Jesus Christ. For Jesus was partly his own forerunner, and antiquated his own words. It is no doubt a singular coincidence that both Ali Muhammad 
and Jesus Christ are reported to have addressed these words to a disciple. Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. But if the crucifixion is unhistorical, and there is, I fear, considerable probability that it is, what is the value of this coincidence? More important is it that both in early Christianity and in early Baha'ism we find a conspicuous personage who succeeds in disengaging the faith from its particularistic envelope. In neither case is this personage a man of high culture or worldly position. Footnote, Leslie Johnston's Phraseology, Some Alternatives to Jesus Christ, page 114, end footnote appears to need revision, end footnote. This, I say, is most important. Paul and Baha'u'llah may both be said to have transformed their respective religions, yet there is a difference between them. Baha'u'llah and his son Abdul Baha after him were personal centres of the new covenant. Paul was not. This may perhaps suffice for the parallels, partly real, partly supposed, between Christianity and early Baha'ism. I will now refer to an important parallel between the development of Christianity and that of Buddhism. It is possible to deny that the Christianity of Augustine, footnote Professor Anisaki of Tokyo, regards Augustine as the Christian Nagarjuna, end footnote, deserves its name on the ground of the wide interval which exists between his religious doctrines and the beliefs of Jesus Christ. Similarly, one may venture to deny that the Mahayana developments of Buddhism are genuine products of the religion because they contain some elements derived from other Indian systems. In both cases, however, grave injustice would be done by any such assumption. It is idle, quote, to question the historical value of an organism which is now full of vitality and active in all its functions, and to treat it like an archaeological object dug out from the depths of the earth, or like a piece of bric-a-brac discovered in the ruins of an ancient royal palace. Mahayanaism is not an object of historical curiosity. Its vitality and activity concern us in our daily life. It is a great spiritual organism. What does it matter then whether or not Mahayanism is the genuine teaching of the Buddha? End quote. Footnote Suzuki Outlines of Mahayana Buddhism Page fifteen End footnote The parallel between the developments of these two great religions is unmistakable. We Christians insist, and rightly so on the genuineness of our own religion in spite of the numerous elements unknown to its founder the northern buddhism is equally genuine being equally true to the spirit of the buddha it is said that christianity as a historical religion contrasts with the most advanced buddhism but really it is no loss to the buddhist fraternity if the historical element in the life of the buddha has retired into the background. A cultured Buddhist of the northern section could not indeed admit that he has thrust the history of Gautama entirely aside, 
but he would affirm that his religion was more philosophical and practically valuable than that of his southern brothers inasmuch as it transcended the boundary of history in a theological treatise called chin kuang ming we read as follows quote, it would be easier to count every drop of water in the ocean or every grain of matter that composes a vast mountain than to reckon the duration of the life of buddha that is to say buddha's life does not belong to the time series buddha is the i am who is above time End quote. footnote johnston buddhist china page 114 and footnote and is not the christ of christendom above the world of time and space lastly must not both christians and buddhists admit that among the christs or buddhas the most godlike are those embodied in narratives as jesus and gautama western and eastern religion religion as conceived by most christians of the west is very different from the religion of india three quarters of it as matthew arnold says has to do with conduct it is a code with a very positive and keen divine sanction few of its adherents indeed have any idea of the true position of morality and that the code of christian ethics expresses barely one half of the religious idea the other half or even more is expressed in assurances of holy men that god dwells within us or even that we are god a true morality helps us to realize this morality is not to be tied up and labeled but is identical with the cosmic as well as individual principle of love sin that is an unloving disposition is to be avoided because it blurs the outlines of the divine form reflected however dimly in each of us there are no doubt a heaven where virtue is rewarded and a hell where vice is punished for the unphilosophical minds of the vulgar but the only reward worthy of a lover of god is to get nearer and nearer to him till the indescribable goal nirvana is reached we must be content with realizing this is much easier to a hindu than to an englishman because the former has a constant sense of that unseen power which pervades and transcends the universe i do not understand how indian seekers after truth can hurry and strive about sublunary matters surely they ought to feel quote, that this tangible world with its chatter of right and wrong subserves the intangible End quote hard as it must be for the adherents of such different principles to understand each other it is not i venture to think impossible and as at once an anglican christian and an adopted brahmaist i make the attempt to bring east and west religiously together end of section twenty one recording by nicholas james bridgewater recorded in oxford england